Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. A very good day to you, Mzanthi. Welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makuzen is a producer of the show, and our technical producer for today is Lance Andrews. You may reach us on 0892102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm, or at Shadow Twala. Today we find out about the Miss Cultural Essay Pageant from Dr. Nomtlebom Tembu, who's the chairperson of Indoni. We then introduce you to Elizabeth Aldworth, who at 21 is a chef, author, and studying to be a life coach. Finally, we find out how a group of six communication students, Platinum Hearts, as they call themselves, find time to give back to their community. Dimakato Sileone is one of the six, and she will join me on the phone. But first... Chew on these wise words, the lunch bite on SAFM. Mother Teresa says people are often unreasonable, illogical and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give them your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is, it is between you and God. It never was between you and them anyway. Shadow Twala on SAFM. My guest is Dr. Nomtlebom Tembu, uh, and she talks to us about the indoor Miss Cultural Essay. Welcome back, Dr. Nomtlebom Tembu. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Shadow. Um, it's great to be back. It's great to be back, and I greet all the listeners at home. Yes. Th- tell us about the last time we spoke. You had your uh, cultural schools taking place. I think it was around the uh, June or so? Yes, yes. How did that um, go? Oh, it was just God sent. Uh, it was God sent, Shadow. And, you know, just to be able to have the opportunity to touch those young people, um, and to learn from them, because I think even for us as Indonesians, it's been, it's a, you know, we are also on a trip of learning. We're learning from these young kids. We're learning about what challenges they are faced with. Uh, but most importantly, it's a privilege to be able to influence those challenges. So the culture schools, yes, they're finished, just as the schools have reopened now. And uh, it's been a, an amazing wave of joy, you know. Um, but I think more than anything, Shadow, you know, for our culture schools, it gives us also as Indoni as um, you know, give us a platform whereby we're able to empower these young people and develop them through positive practices. You know, there's so much that they are faced with, but if we are able to empower them to be able to, you know, to, and, and uh, to be able to influence themselves in their environment, so that whatever social ill they are faced with, they take it within themselves. You know, that they have the power to do it. I like what you just read earlier on. Mm-hmm. They succeed anyway, and and I love that. And I think. That's also what we do in Indonesia. There's so much happening out there, and we say to them, succeed anyway. Yes, yes, they have to succeed anyway, yeah. regardless. I'm very excited, you know, the work you have, because your, your, your vision is, is about, you know, Africa uh, living in total uh, liberty, peace, equality, regardless of skin color, language, or tribal differences. Now, where do your 
your your your participants come from? Um, they come from all over South Africa. You remember that you know um, our culture schools they are actually demographically based around cultures in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, in KZN, for example, we have a culture school just that teaches mainly about the Zulu culture, and we care about the Kosa cultures and Pondo cultures, etc. So they have been matching. Even our kids, they're from all over the shop. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we always make sure that we send applications to youth desks. Um, this year, in fact, we're also working with the NYDA, and we're really grateful to them. So we're trying our best to reach out to these young children wherever they are. Um, SABC radio stations have really been helping quite a lot so that all those kids who are wanting to be part of the program are part of the program. So even though we take them to one area to camp, but they're ideal from all over the show. And sometimes we even find that there's kids from, for example, Johannesburg. You know, Joburg is a metropolitan of cultures. Mm-hmm. But you find that some kid wants to learn about the Zulu culture. And that kid from Johannesburg in house will come to KZN, for example, mm-hmm. to learn about the, you know, the, the Zulu culture. So they are from all over the show. Mm-hmm. But you know, Fisada, I like what you just said earlier on about, about Africa because part of what we did a lot in the culture schools this year was really around that theme of uniting Africa, mm-hmm. you know. And um, especially after the unfortunate incident of what happened beginning of this year in South Africa. And I think what that has done, it has kind of painted a, a negative image about, you know, us as Africans in South Africa and the social cohesion that we feel South Africa has so much fought for, you know. So as such, in India, we've actually devised modules and training programs where our young kids who've been through our programs were actually trained as agents of change in their community. So when they go back in their community, these 2,400 kids, they are able to change the mindset of an individual or group who are perhaps speaking adversely about foreign nationals, you know? Mm-hmm. And that has really been something we've been very proud of. And I, I think actually our program is so good that um, even the, uh, the Ministry of Police actually inherited our concept into what they are doing, and they saw that really as a way to influence that was actually related to xenophobia at the beginning as well. Fantastic. That's lovely work. Now, let's talk about the, the, the pageant itself, Miss Cultural SA. Um, mm-hmm. Is it like any other pageant that we know? What is different with this one? I, I, take, it, I take it they're not going to be wearing uh, leopard skin swimming costumes. <laughs> Well, it is as African as they come, girl. You know, but you know what? I think, Shadow, this year I really want to invite you particularly to, to be there, you know? But, you know, I always say it's an awakening. Or anybody who comes to the show of, of, of uh, the pageant, they find themselves, you know? You see a young you, you see a you of the past, but more than that, it reaches deep within your soul of who you are, especially as a South African, because in all these different cultures, each young girl, you know, portrays how proud she is of her culture. Mm. And unfortunately, we, we, you know, sometimes in an environment where even we aren't too proud of who you are, um, if you're wearing Ishbelane and you're not too proud about it, but, you know, when you see these young girls portray how beautiful Ishbelane is and how much they know what it means, mm. you know, it raises something even within you, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to hear this because you know some people may not even know what you're talking about at the moment. So it is a way of of us really getting to know ourselves better. Absolutely, absolutely. And which better way to hear it than through you know the eyes and and, and the lips of a young person, you know? But um, also, Shadow, you know, as, as much as we say it is a pageant, I always want to say we're just doing that so people understand what it is going to be at the end. 
But ideally, it can't be a competition. It's not a competition. Nobody's competing. If, if you're Zulu and I'm Kosa, we cannot compete. Mm. You, know, you just show me how Zulu you are, and I'll just show you how Kosa I am, you know? And it really is that. It's a celebration of who we are as a South Africa. But they, they can only be... There can only be one winner, though. But also, that winner, you're winning because you have been able to portray your unit the best. You know, your pride and your knowledge of being South African. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know that even in the questions um, that, you know, our girls go through, it's just an ordinary question, but there are the questions like, uh, for example, if um, an international um, tourist came to South Africa and you wanted to really teach them about the Zulu culture, what uh, perhaps African artifacts would you tell them about and why? Mm. So it really means that this person has to know her history herself, but also as being part of a global South Africa and a global Africa, you know, as a whole. So it isn't too easy, but I think for anybody, if you're taught to do anything in your culture, that's what you know best. So these kids are just amazing, and the stuff that comes out of there as well, it's just really amazing stuff. But that being said, also, Shadow, this year we've gone a little bit contemporary as well because as much as we have the different attires and clothes of traditional African way, but we've also gone a little bit contemporary this year. We're bringing a bit of fashion and play, you okay. know, into the pageant. So mm-hmm. people who be there at the ICC on the 10th of October will really have a piece of cultural entertainment, actually South African entertainment. Well, it sounds amazing. And you've got 12 of them, right? Now, tell me what, I thought it would be 11 because of our languages, but which is our 12th one? Okay. <laughs> so if you like to say so our language, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, we've got the Zulu, we've got the Kosas, we've got the Pondos, uh, we've got the Tembos, we've got the Tuanas, we've got the Mbebeles, we've got the Sutus, uh, the, the, the uh, we've got the Swadis, we've got the Vendas, the Tongas, the Babies, and the Khoisan. Ah, okay. Perhaps the Khoisan, especially the Khoisan, I get very passionate about that, Shadow, because that is a language that is almost becoming extinct. Mm. You know, someone says, Sky says to you, you're kind of like, you know, what, what is that? But I think for us, it has been such a, 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 you know, an honor to be able to rekindle that and, and teaching young kids to speak Khoisan in their indigenous languages. So, yeah, that is a very important part. Not 11, but 12, because we've also included the questions. Well, I see now you've got a very special guest who you'll be honoring on that day. Yes, absolutely. But you see, Taylor, we're having a, a banquet this weekend um, on the 8th at Birchwood in, in, in uh, Johannesburg. What we generally do with the banquet, it's a woman's banquet because it's Women's Month. So as part of our program, you know, um, this banquet is actually to, to celebrate achievements of women, you know, in our communities, in our areas, but also I think it's so important to encourage the young women to actually look up to these giants and emulate them, mm-hmm. and um, especially our finalists. So this year, we are honoring um, Mama on Dr. Nkosa Ramini Zuma, and I think it's also around that Africa, uniting Africa theme that we are you're about this year, mm-hmm. but also as an African woman, you know, telling her story about where she was from right up to where she is now. For an ordinary black girl to look up and say, I can be that, I can be that woman. So we're going to be having a lecture as well on her this weekend at Birchwood as well as a fashion show and blah, blah, and of course, no, no, no. The most important part about this weekend is that we're actually launching our 12 finalists to the media because even though we have them, but they haven't actually been launched out to the media. So on Saturday, 
um, we actually launched this 12 finalists to the world, and then those who want to vote, they can start voting shadow, because generally they've always an outcry, you know, how, you know, about someone who wins. But mm-hmm. I think people must vote. They have to vote for their favorite girl and be part of it, you know. Um, so yeah, that's what's going to be happening this weekend. But on the 10th, also shadow, um, of October in Germany at the ICC, that's actually when we're going to bestow a very special something, you know, uh, to Mamkosa Zuma, which the kids have actually handmade themselves. Oh. So that is also going to be something very special. It is all sounding so good. Now tell me, how do people attend on, on, on the 8th of this month? Um, you know, on the 8th of this month, if there's anybody who still really wants to attend, um, they can just send us an email on info at Tindoni, um, the field the day, uh, or, or they can go to our website also, www.indoni.org, you know, or send an email uh, to info at, at Tindoni, um, and then we, we can accommodate them. Um, it, it is quite tight, I think, but you know, maybe this is a, a, a special for you, Shadow. If they say <laughs> I was sent by Shadow, <laughs> you accept them, you know. So, yeah, that is it. But otherwise, people can also follow us on our Facebook page, uh, Indoni Facebook page, um, and also just email us anytime. We're very open. We are about Ubuntu, and you know, so we try our best to be very welcoming and um, be able to, 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 to teach whoever you know, needed to know more about this. But, you know, Shadow, I really want to thank SAFM. You know, as you say, we spoke before the culture schools and we're speaking now after the culture schools. Mm-hmm. And I feel that SABC and the partnership we have as an NGO especially is really doing um, quite a lot just to show what we do and the work we do. And it's a real, real honor. So I really want to thank, you know, you and your team just to give us that voice, you know, and, of course, all the other SABC radio stations. Um, and SABC One also for showing what we do, but of course I cannot forget our funders, Department of Arts and Culture, uh, because they fund our main show, the Indonesian Cultural Essay. Well, you deserve every attention you're getting, because I think the work is necessary and, and very important. So thank you for talking to us, and good luck, Dr. Mtembo. Thank you, thank you so much, Shadow. And I will be seeing you in Durban on the 10th of October. I will make sure I'm there. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Thank you, take care. Um, that was uh, Dr. Namtabom Tembu of Indoni, I-N-D-O-N-I, and you'll find them indoni.org on their website or send them an email, info at indoni.co.za. Coming up, I introduce you to a young, dynamic girl, Elizabeth Aldworth, after this. Elizabeth Aldworth, 21 years of age and uh, living in Pretoria. She's a qualified chef. She's busy writing a cookery book. Whilst working, she's also studying to be a life coach and an NLP practitioner. She's also writing a fantasy thriller trilogy and has completed book one and is busy with book two. She's also almost completed a book on poetry. I, I, I don't know. At 21. Elizabeth, hello. Hi. Hi, love. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. And you? I'm very well, thanks. Listen, I don't hear too many 21-year-olds doing as much. I want to be 21 again, and you can tell me how to achieve all of these things. Where's your passion coming from? Um, you know, I, I don't actually know. Um, I just, I love life so much, and I can't be stuck doing one thing, you know, and I just love so many different things, so I decided I should just do them all. But where do you find the time to do it? Let's talk about your cook, your cooking. Uh, you are a qualified chef. So when did you qualify as a chef? Um, I qualified at the end of 2012. And 
I've been passionate about cooking from a very young age. I mean, when I was 12, um, I started cooking at home, and when I was in high school, um, I cooked almost every night for my family. And 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 then eventually you went and studied it. Yes. Now you're busy writing a cookery book. How's that going? Um, it's it's going pretty well. Um, I'm probably about a quarter way through because I want to make it quite a big one, and um, it's very um versatile. Um, there's just so much in it, and it's for for a whole family. But then there's also a section on cooking for one because I've been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> I think that will help a lot of people because, you know, we, we, we have no idea how many people just live on, on their own hey, and have to do their own cooking. But they always depend on, on takeaways and that sort of thing. And it's always lovely to cook for yourself, right? Yes, it's, it's just so much, it's so much more exciting cooking for yourself because um, these days takeaways are fun, but, I mean, it's just unhealthy and you don't know what nutrients you aren't getting. So it's just so much better to cook for yourself. Now, I want to know what your parents did, because they must have inspired you in so many different ways. As I say, at 21, most most young people, I say most and not all of them, will, will be busy with other things, you know. And, and, and what did your parents do differently, I want to know? Um, well, my parents gave me a lot of freedom, and they always supported me in everything that I did. And... Um, they were just they were just always there for me and no matter what I did, um, they had my back and they were my parents but they were also my friends and mm. I consider my mom and my dad my best friends. Wow, that's so amazing. Now the writing bit, where did that come from? Have you always loved writing? When did you realise you could write? I mean and you start with a, a, a trilogy. Um, my parents bought me this book when I was probably about seven years old called 365 Bedtime Stories. Mm-hmm. And I loved that book. I read it every night over and over again. And then I started writing little short stories, and the spelling was bad, and <laughs> the stories were just terrible. I mean, I still have some of them, and they're just so horrible. <laughs> and I just carried on writing after that. And then um, I started the trilogy when I was about 16, and I lost it. And then I started it over, and I reread it, and it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> so when I was about 19, I started writing it again, and I was happy with it. So I decided to carry on with it, and so now I'm busy with the second book. Now tell me, have you have you had a has the publisher looked at it? Have you spoken to anyone professionally to look at it and see whether it's worth you know completing the trilogy? Um, no, not yet. Um, I decided to get halfway through the second one first because otherwise people are going to wait about five years for the trilogy to be complete. <laughs> I'm sure it's worth the wait. And then when you when you when you're done with the or halfway through your second one, then you're going to take it up to 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 a publisher. Yes, definitely. Um, and I'm never going to stop writing. So if they reject it, then. I'll start writing a new book, and I'll just carry on and on. But the trilogy I'm definitely going to finish because I I just love it, and I love the story. Um, It's got little dark parts, but it's quite comical, and it's just fun, and it's it's uplifting. And I just love writing it, and every chance I get, I sit in front of the computer, and I just write my heart out. Is it fiction? Um, Yes, it's complete fiction. But um, it's got aspects of reality in it, and I think that's very important because um, it's 
daily struggle for pretty much any person. And then it's also daily struggles that um, the world goes through. Like it touches on um, uh, the AIDS epidemic and everything, and it touches on how the world is, in a sense, in chaos and how we don't have world peace. Wow, that's deep for a 21-year-old. Yeah, a lot of people say that I'm actually an old soul. (laughs) I I believe that. I believe that. Now, not only are you completing your second book, but you're also almost completing a poetry book. I beg your pardon? You're completing a book on poetry. Yes. um, My poetry is very important to me. Um, A lot of it's dark. It's aspects that most people don't want to talk about, but we know that they're there. Um, I... I feel personally that people always want others to know that they're good, that they're happy, and um, which is not always true. I mean, we all go through struggles, and that's what the poetry focuses on. Um, it's to let people know that they're not alone, um, but they are also happier poems. And um, it's just I, every chance I get, um, I sit and I write a poem. And I probably shouldn't say this because if my boss hears it, I'll be in big trouble. <laughs> but um, even at work, if I have a spark of inspiration, I quickly run to the bathroom and I just write a whole poem. What sort of things inspire you? Um, anything, really. Like the one day um, I was sitting outside just enjoying the sun and the sunlight, and um, I looked up and I just got the idea for a poem, and it had absolutely nothing to do with the sun. (laughs) (laughs) And the one day I was walking, and I saw a lady with the most amazing scarf. I'm so jealous. And um, it also sparked um, an inspiration for another poem, absolutely nothing to do with the scarf. And I literally sat in the middle of the mall and wrote a poem. How long long does it take you usually for one poem? Um, for one poem, it takes me about five to ten minutes because they're pretty long. Ah, please stay on the line for me. We're going to take a little break, um, and I want you hopefully to read me one of them if they close by. So, will you please stay on the line for me, Elizabeth? No problem. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Amazing. It is time for news headlines with Sir Utsile Sako. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. And we're seeing it through Elizabeth Eldworth's point of view at the moment. Elizabeth, have you got that poem for me? Yes, I do. Please read one for me. And what, where did the inspiration for this one come from? Um, this one, uh, I had a person in my life at a stage, and um, I was deeply infatuated with them, and I thought they were the best thing ever. And then the one day, um, I just started seeing their true colors, and... I realized um, that they were just very unhealthy for me and they weren't a very nice person and um, it broke my heart, but um, it, it changed my life in a good way because then I realized that you can't take everyone at face value and everyone deserves to be experienced and listened to and um, yeah, it just it changed me in such a way um, that I'm so happy I met this person, but it also broke me at the same time. Okay, let's hear it. All right, it's called Hope and Faith. Mm -hmm. Life is better when you have a dream. Where there is a dream, there is hope. Hope is what keeps our souls alive, and faith is what keeps us going. I have lived and I have known. I have felt and I have shown, but there is more to life than just delight. 
There's more to life than just a beautiful sight. I take a color and draw on the wall like a child of four. My emotions run raw. Black, red, orange, and blue. Somehow the images always resemble you. You, a moment in my life that was dark as death itself, but as bright as yellow, the daisies, and the sun. I smile in thought. A new chapter begins. One with colors deep within. A happiness arises. A grace protrudes. I see a better life, and nothing eludes the fashions of a new elation that has begun. The songs of the birds sing in the morn are anew. The dogs bark and have a new joy and tune. I look deep inside and know there is more to life than just what has been lived. There are no limits. You can take, but you must give. Hope is what keeps our souls alive, and faith is what keeps us going. I feel strong in myself and what is going on in this new life I know. I know there is more. More, more. There is always more, and it's something I will always strive for. Never letting go, never pushing back. I'll always work towards the light and keep on smiling and the smile that has, that makes heads turn. Because that's what gives us life, the life that is lost to earth. We all live in a world of confusion, danger and greed, but a smile never goes unnoticed. I smile, a smile will always, um, sow its seed. I live at my wall, I look at my wall, so bright in its colors. You were at the beginning, and now the rest of the world after. I had you in my midst. Love, I, I was sure. But the world, the world offers more. I take a step back and see the bigger picture. It's not much, but it's enough for now. For me, shall I come? I don't know when, I don't know how. The faces may show pain and anguish. The eyes may be blank, but life goes on and smiles will come back. Hope is what, hope is what keeps our souls alive and faith is what keeps us going. I'll never stop loving. I'll never stop knowing. There's always more. Eh? There's always more. I love it. I want you to tell me when you're done with your books. I want you to just continue to write, whether it's published or not. But I, I just love the fact that you're so multifaceted and you do so much because, because you can. And it just shows every young person can uh, do all the things that you do. So we salute you today, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> well done. Well done. And please do let me know. So your work, what do you do now? Um, well, considering um, I'm putting myself through college again, I'm actually working as a waitress ah. um, so that I have time to study as well because I can choose my shifts and everything. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't actually have the time to work as a chef, which I actually really, really miss. But you've got to do what you've got to do, you know? I love your attitude. Stay positive. It's good to hear. And tell your boss what you do. You know, he must appreciate those moments you steal away to write something, okay? <laughs> I will. <laughs> thank you. Take care and thanks for talking to us, Elizabeth. No problem. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. Wonderful. You deserve it. Take care. Take care now. You too. Bye-bye. Wow, I'm inspired to do something different. Hmm? Okay, when we come back, talking to Dimakazo Sleo Sleaone, yes. Um, we're talking to her because she belongs to a group of people, young people. They call themselves Platinum Hearts, the six of them, communication students from Tswana University, and the work they do 
we'll come back and talk to her about that. Shadow Twala on SAFM. Dimakas, I've been battling with your surname. Ah, uh, good morning. Good afternoon, Mamsera. Afternoon. Come on, get Selewa. Selewani. Selewani. Okay. Yes. All right. Welcome, welcome. And tell me about your group, Platinum Hearts. Well, Mamsera, thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, we are a group of CSI students from the Tony University of Technology. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is that we're working in partnership with Luvuyo Orphanage Home which is a non-profit organization that takes care of kids who are infected and affected by HIV and AIDS. So what we're doing here is that we are, we are actually looking, we look for the for sponsors for them. We help them with their communications. And we also try to get donations for the orphanage home. So that's what me and my group are doing at the moment. But how do you get to know about them? Well, actually, we're doing our final year this year. So what happens is that our department... Um, integrated communications department actually places at, at these non-profit organizations. So that's how we knew about Luvuyo Orphanage Home because we placed our department, which is the integrated communications department. Wonderful. So, so I know you had an event on the fourth raising funds um, for for Luvuyo Orphanage Home. Yes, ma'am. Um, how yes. did that go? Well, we actually had an event called Bikers Fiesta. But it was actually an event where people could come and um, see bikers, and they would actually listen to DJs. So what happens is that what happened is that there was an entrance fee. So that entrance fee that um, we actually donated that amount to Luvuyo. And the event was actually a success. Okay, and mm-hmm. um, I, I want to know because I want us to help you. Um, mm-hmm. find ways of raising more for Luvuya Orphanage, because I think what you do is really amazing. So what do they need at the moment? What would you well, like? Think, what well, do they need at the, at the moment? moment? Yeah. Sorry. Well, at the moment, we're struggling with land, because the place that Luvuya Orphanage Home is currently running at, it's very small, so we need a much bigger place. So at this moment, we're trying to help them to get land, where they will actually build a much bigger building so they can accommodate more children here at Soshanguve because the place that they are currently run operating at, it's very small to a point whereby they can't actually bring in more kids to the orphanage home. So at this moment, what we want is that we want the nation to help us with um, getting land for the orphanage home. Mm. But if, mm-hmm. if one cannot afford to give land, what are other needs mm-hmm. that the home has? Because you've got an yeah, event I'm, again on the 15th of this month, don't you? Yes, ma'am. The other needs that the orphanage home needs is we're looking at toiletries. Those are very important because they are girls here at the orphanage home. So they need stuff like your pads. Mm. And also we have an event as well on the 15th of August. So that event will be to raise funds as well. And those funds will be going to watch um, your transport for petrol expenses because there are kids here who go to different schools, so they mm-hmm. need um, petrol for petrol petrol money to take the kids to different schools because other kids go to schools in the CBD of Pretoria and other kids um, go to schools around Soshanguva, so they need petrol money, your toiletries, they need any kind of donations are also welcome to at the orphanage home. So who runs the home at the moment? 
the home is run by Ms. Lindy Wenokwale. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the center manager as well. So she is the founder of this orphanage home. Wow. And everything yes. obviously just comes from her pocket. Yes, it comes from her pocket. And um, also the community tries to help where they can as well. So where did the name Platinum Hearts come from? Well, the name Platinum Hearts, actually, our chairperson, Gideon Makurela, actually came up with the name. Initially, we, lo- we saw that plat- a platinum is a very, um, very rare um, stone. It's very, it's, um, it's a very rare stone. And um, so we thought that um, we should come up with that name because, as well, um, we're doing this for the kids. Um, we're trying to put a smile on the kids' face. At the end of the day, we're just volunteering students, and we're not getting paid for that. So we just came up with the name because we're doing this from our hearts and not because we're doing it for the fame or to get something in return. We're just doing it to just see that that kids smile or to actually make a difference in these children's lives. But what difference has it made in your life? This is what I want to hear because, you know, mm-hmm. giving back mm-hmm. is so rewarding. But I want to know what you've learned from it and how you'd encourage other young people to, to find yeah. similar work and communication uh-huh. with, with, with um, their communities, especially mm-hmm. uplifting their communities. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a young girl as well. I'm a student, and most of the time, I know that growing up, it's not very easy if you, your parents are not there. So to me, it really shows that sometimes you don't have to give money. You don't have to actually give something changeable. You just need to give your time. Mm-hmm. And um, I've learned that um, sometimes there are people with much bigger problems than I have because I thought that I had big problems. But then when I came to this orphanage home, I saw that um, I just have small problems. There are kids without parents. There are kids who don't know whether they're going to eat at night. There are kids who don't even know um, what's going to happen tomorrow with them because they're this orphanage home. Their parents have abandoned them or they've been abused. So for me, it really touched me. Um, it's, it showed me that in life sometimes you just have to put a smile on someone else's face instead of just focusing on you. So this, um, this project really helped, helped me to see life in a more different way. Hmm. Listen, Dimakasa, tell me, um, so how do people support your event on the 15th of August? Where is it? And the first, uh, okay, ma'am. On the 15th of August, our event will be at TUT campuses in Soshanguve, um, Block L. People can come by, by actually paying an entry, can, can come to support us by paying an entry fee of 30 rand. Mm-hmm. We'll be having the corporate companies versus your local so-called teams. They'll actually be battling each other, and the money that we collect will come to the orphanage home. So people can come through and buy tickets for that event, or they can actually bring some donations as well to the event that will be happening on the 15th of August. Okay, and how do people get in touch with you? Um, people can go on our Facebook page. It's at Luvuyo Orphanage Home. People can also contact me personally on 061-078-7695, or they can contact Luvuyo Orphanage Home at 012-799-1429. Seven double nine one four two nine. Do you guys have yes. a, a website or an email address? Well, we're still working on our website, but then I also have our email, mm-hmm. which is at gmail.com. Wonderful. 
We salute you for doing wonderful work and uh, do keep in touch with us and let us know how we can assist. Hey? Can I thank a few people before I leave? Thank? Just a few people that I would like yes, to thank. Yes, 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 please. Okay. I would like to thank my team members, Platinum Heart, even Makuvela, who actually organized this interview for me. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank Tulufelo Muhube, Climate Patani, Khonsin Tobong, Litokonolo Masemola, and I'd like to thank Luvuyo Orphanage Home and our department, Integrated Communications, for actually bringing us to Luvuyo and making a difference in these children's lives. And thank you to you, FASM, as well. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much, Dimakaso, for your time. But thank you for your heart. All of you, Mm, platinum hearts. Okay, take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, wonderful. So those numbers again, 012-799-1429 is for the Luvuya Orphanage Home. And you may reach the Platinum Hearts at platinumhearts.luvuyo at gmail.com. So platinumhearts.luvuyo at gmail.com. Now, Top Women Awards reveal gender-empowered businesses in South Africa on 6th August at Emperor's Palace. The event is a collaborative platform dedicated to recognizing outstanding leadership, inspiration, vision, and innovation in organizations that have stepped up and shaped women's roles within the private and public sectors. Contact Baba Rampkobeni on 086-0009-590. to book a table or seat at the awards or visit www.topwomenawards.co.za for more information. Quote SAFM to claim your 10% discount. Be part of the conversation and join our social media platforms, Twitter at Top Women Awards and Facebook Standard Bank Top Women Awards. It is now time for Nalibali.